Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. This is the Dear Deirdre podcast with me, Sally Land, the Sun's resident agony aunt. Yes, we're taking the Sun's legendary agony aunt advice column from the page to podcast. Every episode, I'll be giving my advice on your real life dilemmas. We'll be covering everything from sex and relationships to money and careers to managing your mental health and much, much more. And I won't be doing it alone, as each week I'll be joined by special expert guests and some of your favourite celebs too. So, if you're struggling with a problem and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. You can send your problems to Deirdre at the-sun.co.uk. We answer every single letter sent to us and there's no problem too big, too small or too embarrassing. But for now, it's on with the show. This week, we're taking a look at your money dilemmas, where we'll be addressing your letters on debt worries leading to suicidal thoughts, addiction, landing people in financial ruin, and we question whether you should quit your everyday luxuries in order to save your pounds. And on this episode, I'm joined by two brilliant guests, self-confessed saver and money mentor, Gemma Bird, but you probably know her better as The Money Mum, and media personality and singer, Carrie Katona. They're both poised and at the ready to pass on their expert advice and life wisdom to help you with your financial challenges. So what are we waiting for? Hello, Gemma and Kerry. Thank you so much for joining me. For anyone out there who has somehow managed to miss either of you, it would be great to know just a little bit more about what you've been up to recently. Yeah, sure. So I'm Gemma. Everyone calls me Money Mum. I've got my Instagram account, Money Mum Official. Um, so I share sort of just my life, my family, mental health on there as well. Um, what I suffer with money, the anxiety around money, money tips every single day. I've just written a book, Save Yourself Happy, which is all sort of like a ultimate money tips guide. But it's also around sort of like the meaning behind money and the and like how we don't talk about it how we're almost embarrassed to talk about debt or say if we can't afford something or we're having a bad day and I've always been that type of person that's like no I can't afford to go there or not try to keep up with other people because we're all so different yeah I love it I'm really enjoying meeting people and stuff so yeah brilliant and it's just great practical advice from everything that I've seen so yeah fantastic and then Kerry what have you been up to I know you're super busy as well Oh, what have I been up to? Oh, I've been up to so much lately. A lot of other stuff I can't talk about because it's not been announced. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've 
got my own clothing line. I've got a fitness app, a dating website. I'm an investor in thrills. My main job's being a mom to five little brats who are all available free to a good home if anybody wants them. <laughs> you don't mean that. It's all about saving money. I can give you buy four, get one free, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sounding very attractive, I'm afraid. No, no, no. And, and again, I love what I've just heard from Gemma. Again, mental health, talk about money. I think everything I've been through from a child going to bankruptcy to being diagnosed bipolar to drug addiction to divorces I love talking about my life story because I was almost suicidal over money myself you know I've been on every side of the coin you can possibly think of and I've never met anybody like me before who's been able to keep bouncing back and bouncing back because I keep fighting and I like to think that if I can do it anybody who's listening can do it I know it's not always that easy but there is always like the end of the tunnel, so don't ever give up on yourself because there's been times I've just been wanting to drive the car off a bridge because I think, how am I going to clothe these five kids? You know, so I get it. I understand anxiety over money. I think one of the things that's fantastic about both of you two as guests is historically you've got sort of almost very different relationships with money. I know that Gemma, you're very mindful of saving and being careful and always working within your budget. And then I know historically, Kerry, you've had you know, your problems with money and you've come through it through experience and incredible resilience. So really excited that you're both here to give us your advice and your tips and your experience around debt, around money and all your experience. And I just wondered if I could start off with a very quick sort of rapid fire questions. So we start off with what's your best job and what's your worst job you've ever done? And I'll tell you mine just to start you off and give you a bit of thinking time so best job obviously I'm going to say this one I genuinely think it's one of the best jobs in journalism helping people out with their problems and worst job oh gosh I would probably say waitressing in a hotel in France because the chef thought it was his right to have a little feel up whenever I walked into the walk-in fridge so yes (laughs) how about you my best job is definitely this because I get to be me like I love it because I am helping people so yeah definitely this is my favorite job I've ever done and my worst job is mushroom picking because basically it was terrible terrible money you used to stink I used to hate it and I used to make my friend pick the mushrooms and basically sit there having a laugh in the corner but I was only about 13 14 but that's got to be the worst job I would say is being a mushroom picker. Delegating even at that age. Definitely. My poor <laughs> mate. How about you, Kerry? Yeah, again, I don't actually know what my job is, if I'm honest. <laughs> being fabulous, Kerry. I'm a little bit of everything. I'm an entertainer, I guess. I love just being Kerry. Kerry Katona, I guess. What I'm dead lucky with my job is no two days are the same ever I'm you know I'm always doing something different which is amazing and I get to speak to so many different people which is great and tell a story and help others and all that my worst job is probably being a fully naked lap dancer well it did pay well yeah you can't <laughs> argue with that can you next one best purchase worst purchase best purchase for me my dog she keeps me fit I get outside every single day no matter how much it's raining worst purchase a pair of Manilow Blanics I'd wanted for months and they didn't fit. 
It crippled me. Best purchase. I want to cut in quickly. Can't go wrong with a set of pyjamas from Tesco or anywhere. I love my jammers. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. As soon as I get in that door, the bra's off and the jammers are on. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. I just love nice comfy jammers inside my house. Like, even if I'm working out, I'm in my pyjamas. If I'm in the house, I've got to wear my pyjamas. I've got to feel comfortable in something. So a good set of pyjamas you can't go wrong with. And the worst purchase has got to be... It could either be between cocaine and a pair of shoes. I love that. Let's go with the cocaine. Nearly killed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, cocaine. My worst purchase was my first car because I worked literally for about four years to buy this car. I bought it and then after two years, it had like halved in value because I bought it brand new. Didn't listen to me, mum and dad. I was like, no, no, I want it. I want it. I've worked all this time for it. I want to buy it. It was seven grand. And looking back now, I was an absolute idiot I literally nearly cried when the bloke was like I was four and a half now and I was like what I've worked for four years with this car and then you know when you come to sell it because new cars drop money so that was probably my worst purchase that I did when I was younger and my best purchase oh I'll tell you what my best purchase is then ever is I've got really odd boobs so my best purchase ever that I ever buy is they bought out crop tops didn't they so they're my best purchase I love a pack of crop tops and I wear them all the time and I've lived in them Thanks, both of you. I think we're ready to listen to our first letter now. This letter comes from a man in his mid-30s. He's found himself snowed under by debt and is struggling to carry on as the pressure of supporting his young son is becoming too much. Dear Deirdre, I've racked up a lot of debt over the past year and feel that I'm failing my son. Before the pandemic, I was studying for a master's in primary education and should have been qualified by September 2020. But my studies were put on hold and I was made redundant from my part-time job, and I'm now more than £12,000 in debt. I just want some financial stability for my eight-year-old son. I'm 36. Since I split from his mum four years ago, money's been really tight. I've even had suicidal thoughts because I can't give him the life he deserves. Please help. So, Kerry, I know that this is probably hitting a few buttons... What are your initial thoughts? Straight away, I want to jump in and say nobody's life is worth taking over money. I never understood it. I never understood suicide. My mum was always trying to kill herself. My mum was a self-harmer. She was slitting her wrist. She was always old in. I thought that was a selfish thing to do. What about me? I think what the gentleman has to understand as well, when you say the life that a child deserves, you are the centre of your child's universe. You really are. And all they want from you is love. And that costs nothing. First and foremost, love costs nothing. Feeding the ducks costs nothing. Going for nice walks, you know, playing games. That is all a child ever wants from their parent is understanding, emotional support and love. That's all they ever want. I mean, I've been bankrupt twice now and I have five kids. And when it used to come to September, I think, oh my God, I've got by five lots of uniforms, five lots of PE kits, five lots of shoes and PE shoes and school bags. And I think, how am I going to do this? How am I literally going to do it? But I've managed it. I have managed to get there in the end. And I do know as well, there's also a lot of financial advisors out there. I mean, I know there's a company called Debt Owl as well, who can actually help 
sort out your financial issues and try to help you get back. Google lots of people. There's loads of places you can reach out for help and support on your financial situations and your studies and things like that. But don't ever feel like you're failing as a father or as a parent because the one thing your child needs from you is your love and that's it. And the worst thing you could do is give up on yourself because you're giving up on your child. So don't ever do that. Thank you. Yeah, that's really important to remember, isn't it? And Gemma, I know you've spoken about anxiety about debt and I'm sure similarly to Kerry, a lot of that anxiety must come from being able to provide for your children. I think every parent wants to give their children the best, but it is true. The best you can give them is, I did a thing the other day, like if they've got warm clothes on, they've got food on the table every day, they've got a loving home, then do you know what? They have got everything and they don't need absolutely all these things. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just stay in your lane. And the most important thing with debt is talk to people, whether that is your friends, your family, somebody on social media that you don't even know, a celebrity you want to reach out to, whoever it is, start speaking because the minute you speak about it, people can help you. If people don't know you're in debt, then they can't help you. You know, don't be afraid to walk and say to your friends, I can't afford to do that. I've not got the money. I'm really, really sorry. Why don't you come over or bring a bottle and we'll have a social time in the home together. It hasn't got to be an extravagant three, four hundred pound meal. It can just be come over for the social time. Like We're all having a lovely chat now. This is free. It's just talking. And I think once you start speaking to people, you realise no one's life is perfect. And don't worry about sort of social media and what everyone else is doing. Worry about you and your little boy. And the first thing I would say is if you're feeling that bad and that anxious about it, you need to speak to someone you can go to citizens advice for free get some help and get a plan together because once you've got that plan together even if it's a pound a month you're chipping away at it you'll start to feel better don't live in silence is the best advice i'd give anyone thank you both i think there's two really important messages coming through loud and clear from carrier is genuinely you are the center of your children's world and you don't need to be showering them with lots of money and expensive holidays it's about spending quality time with you And then from you, Gemma, I loved what you said, you know, stay in your lane. Don't worry about showing off to other people, you know, live your life and talk when you have problems. That's one of the big issues. Everyone who writes to us with debt struggles to be honest about it. Yeah, there's a stigma that comes along. One thing I learned about going from this kid in foster home to then marrying my first husband, becoming a millionaire and then losing my money. Going from having nothing to all these people wanting to know you and be around you. And then my first bankruptcy, which in hindsight was the best thing that could have happened to me. Just like little rats, they all just disappeared. I've probably got that many true friends in my life, three. That's that's it. I mean, I don't have a social life. We don't go out. We, you know, it's we literally... We work and it's a kids working, kids working, kids, and and that's it. And for me, when I lost that money, I mean, I was like, oh, I've got to have my kids at private school, blah blah blah. And it was like, but I'm gonna, I've still got my kids, you know. I I, I might have lost my homes, my houses, but I've still got my kids and I've got my health. And even though I've got my my wealth back, there's no point in having wealth without your health and if you're having suicidal thoughts one thing I will also go and say please go see a doctor please go speak to a doctor and please don't ever feel embarrassed or ashamed the first lockdown the very first lockdown we had 
I had to sell my jukebox to pay me rent because I can't full pay the rent. I kept thinking, oh my God, I'm going to feed the kids. It's okay not to be okay, you know. Who gives a shit what's going on with the Joneses next door? Because there's no reflection on my life whatsoever. So who cares what goes on in these four walls with my, my kids? That's all that matters. And they don't care about you. That's a really important thing. Exactly. I went through the similar thing. My husband walked out of me and I lost my home and everything overnight. And I was so bad, I can't even tell you. Lost absolutely everything. The pain was so bad. And you do see who stays with you and who doesn't stay with you. And also then when you get successful and you do get money and you do do well, people sometimes as well don't want to know and then get annoyed with you almost like, oh, well, now you're doing well. I'm not happy because I've always struggled my whole life. Never, ever, ever earned good money. Ever, ever, ever. I've always been so hard up. And obviously now this my career is going in the right direction. You can then get people to be funny with you when you are doing well. Yeah. I remember I had to sell my parrot for £20 to buy some Tampax. That's how skint we was, right? I think it must have been about 17 at the time. And then I got this record contract when I was 18. And I remember this lad wanted to borrow some CDs off me. And I went, oh, no, I've not listened to him yet. But because I was earning money and I said no, he was like, oh, oh, you've changed. Well, no, even if I hadn't been doing what I was doing, I would have still said no. And you wouldn't have said any different. It's their response to you that has changed, not the other way around. So always remember that whether you're skin or you're doing well or you're just comfortable, it doesn't matter. Just be true to who you are. And at the end of the day, on your deathbed, is it them next door who's keeping up with the Joneses that has got to be there next to your bed? No, it's not. It's going to be your son. It's going to be your son that is there because you're the centre of his universe and that's all that matters at the end of the day. To touch on Kerry's point, when I used to say things like when I was younger and I didn't have money and I was saving for her, so oh, I can't have that bag and I can't have that bag. She went, do you really think people are going to stand up at your funeral and say, oh my God, do you remember how many Gucci bags she had? And do you remember the celebrities she hung around with? Oh, she was a legend. They're not, are they? They're not going to say that. They're going to literally say, oh, she was really lovely. Like, I remember having a natter to her. I think either way, as you say, whether you're having the good times or the bad times, you find out who your friends are, your true friends, don't you? Massively. Coming up next, we have a married couple who are struggling financially with addiction. And we question whether you should give up smoking if you can't afford it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Let's move on to our next letter, which comes from a woman who is at her wit's end with her husband's addiction to cocaine. Let's take a listen. Dear Deirdre, my husband blew all our savings and even lost our home because of his cocaine addiction. He's 51 and works as a trader in London. He came to the job in later life and the money was good, but he worked hard and played hard too. And he started coming home late and most times he was drunk. I found wraps in his suit jacket when I was taking it to the cleaners. I didn't know what it was, but he laughed at me saying it was just a bit of Charlie. He said everyone does it in the city. He's emptied our bank account and even used during lockdown. Now we're selling up so he can repay his debts. Our marriage is a mess. Please, can you help me? So I suppose the main theme that's coming in now is the drug addiction. So Gemma, what would your advice to this woman be? Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because she probably really loves her husband, you know, and we all have bad times in our lives. So the first thing I would say is, you know, is he getting help? Is he wanting to change? That's a big thing. You know, if people want to change, they can change. You know, they can get the counselling, they can get the help, they can get the support. So the first thing I would sort of say is, you know, is he trying to change or is he like, well, I don't care, that's what I've done. And he's got that don't care attitude. That's the, probably the thing that she would obviously know herself is if someone's willing to change, you can work with them because although it's absolutely horrific and I can't imagine being in that situation it must be so horrific for her it is a home you can get things back you know what I mean like money can come back so I would firstly say talk to him if he's prepared to change and you can move on and rebuild then great and if he isn't prepared to change then obviously she then needs to look at what she sort of wants out of her life and how she's going to react to that situation because you know it's obviously very very hard for her to live with but it's obviously you know, it's got to start with him really, hasn't it? And what he's going to do with the situation. Yeah, thank you. I think you're absolutely right. It comes down to, is he ready to try and change? Yeah. Kerry, what would you be advising this lady? Well, being somebody who has been doing drugs, started doing drugs when I was 14 to the age of 28. What Gemma said, you can only help somebody if they want the help. But then also being somebody who's done the drugs, but then also being somebody who has been in a relationship with somebody who's doing drugs and didn't want help. My third husband died of a drug overdose. And there's always that bit of, could I have helped him anymore? I couldn't, and it wasn't my responsibility. And I tried so hard to the point that I had to put me and my children first. There's only so much I can do. I've been on every side of this and it's so difficult. What helped me was... I moved away from everybody. When you're dealing with addiction, it's changing your circle and getting rid of all those people out your phone book to that extreme, which was the best thing I ever did. I moved down south 13 years ago and never looked back. I've just moved back up north in June, but I'm a different person now. It's getting that change of circles. If he wants to fight for his marriage, then maybe it's worth him looking into a different job and looking into a different set of friends because... That's the seriousness of addiction. It depends on what he wants to do for his family and his relationship and what he's willing to do and also what she's willing to take. Yeah. Kerry, you've picked up on it's about change, isn't it? Yeah. She's selling a house. I'd sit him down and say, is this worth fighting for? Me and you, if we're selling and moving anyway, 
why don't we do a completely fresh start? If our love is that strong enough, let's go somewhere else. Otherwise, yeah. are we best off going our separate ways? I don't know. But I know one thing that worked for me was a complete change environment. Yeah, and you were ready for that change. And that's a big commitment. You were ready to move to the other side of the country. So is she ready for that? Is she ready to give up on her, on her friends and her family because of his addiction? Because it's a very, very selfish thing as well to, to be doing it. I, I know myself, I've been there and done it all myself. So it's um it that for me is a real, real tough one because it depends on on them as a couple as well. Absolutely. I mean this letter isn't so much about debt as addiction because you're not going to sort out the debt until you sort out the addiction and I would definitely be advising her to give him a time limit to really confront his addiction issues and show that he is willing to change and if he's not willing to change within that she really needs to make some tough decisions and it could well be better for her to get out of that relationship. Let's turn to our final letter now. This one comes from a couple who are butting heads over their monthly outgoings. Dear Deirdre, my partner spends £250 a month on cigarettes, but then mourns he doesn't have any money. He doesn't contribute anything to our bills, so I'm left with nothing at the end of the month. He's 37 and I'm 34. I do love him and he's not a bad person, but his behaviour feels so selfish and unfair. I never get to spend anything on myself and I can't save money either. He seems to think that cigarettes are a necessity because he can't manage without them, so I should be understanding. I earn more than him, but that's partly because he doesn't try to get a better job. I've talked to him about this and even said I wanted him to move out if things didn't improve, but he didn't take me seriously. Right, that really winds me up in a way because my mum's the same. My mum drinks and smokes and then as I got cut off, it's like, well, I feel they are a luxury. I smoked, I smoked from the age of 14 till two and a half years ago. Like even I'm doing okay now. So my pamper is I can get acrylic nails. Whereas if I was doing a photo shoot, I'd have to buy the stick-on ones when I was struggling. Mm. So that's luxury. So if I can't afford that, then I don't get them done. So that's a selfish concept to have. I I think if you can't afford to smoke and you can't afford to drink, then you don't. And that's quite harsh, quite harsh to say, because a lot of people, my mum, my mum's a drinker and a smoker constantly. And it's like, well, you know, can you bring DJ this round if I'm having a time? Well, then if you can't afford to do that, then don't cut down from four bottles of wine a day to just one. I think I'm quite too close to this. One. I find it quite a selfish thing too. If you can't afford something, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, and no, I can see that this is this is coming from the heart, Kerry, isn't it? If I can't afford it, I can't afford it. That simple. If you can't afford something, then don't do it. Yeah, it feels very obvious, doesn't it, when yeah. you've got that mindset? Yeah. Gemma, what's sort of springing to mind for you? I am going to be quite similar to Kerry there because obviously I've never earned a lot of money and I've always saved what I can have. And I'm like, if you can't afford to buy a top, like with my friends, I'd borrow one or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's ways around it. I would sort of say, you know, if she's sort of saying I'm, I'm sort of threatening to leave over this, maybe she needs to be a bit more, more clearer and maybe clear out for the weekend or even suggesting things like, if he's got an addiction on smoking, I, I understand that an addiction is an addiction. You know, it's very difficult to just go cold turkey and stop. But then it's about making those steps forward, sitting him down and saying, OK, you're smoking 20 a day, for example. This week, let's smoke 15 a day. Next week, let's get it down to 10 a day. Let's get it, let's get it down to five a day and then let's get you off of them. You know, if he's not willing to even vaguely make a thing, and it's how important it is to you. Like if it doesn't bother you that you've got no money at the end of the month and he's smoking and spending £250, then it doesn't matter. But obviously he clearly is bothering her what he's doing because... 
you know, she's 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 clearly upset about it. So if you're upset about something, you have to look at your happiness as well. In a relationship, you both have to be happy, not just that person. So if, if that is making you unhappy, you've got two options, really. You're sitting down and say to him, look, OK, we'll come up with a plan to get your smoking. We'll go and see the doctor. We'll vape. We'll cut you down from £250 a month to £100 a month. I understand you like a fag or you like a bottle of wine. People do like a fag and they do like a bottle of wine. I'm not saying even cut all that out. I, I am, you know, even though it's not good for you, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But if you can't afford to do something, you then have to look at it. And if he's not prepared to do that, then she obviously needs to look at the relationship, I would say. And if that's not making her happy, maybe move on. Yeah, I agree. And we get a lot of people writing to us who bring us a debt or a money problem but actually it's masking what is the real issue quite often people will talk about their debt problem within the relationship but actually what's going on is a lack of commitment or you know flirting too much going out and you know going to the pub and drinking too much and flirting with other women and they don't feel ready to talk about that so they talk about the money issue as a way of with the frustration we all have vices we all enjoy certain things you know Kerry might like a glass of red wine for example chocolate. yeah chocolate <laughs> but you see what I mean we all like certain things you see what I mean like, I love going on holidays I love creating memories so I save up and spend money on it but if I can't afford to do that I don't do that and I would just go to like a local caravan park for that weekend and get away it's, you have to live within your means you know what I mean I save up and have my holidays but I only do what I can afford to do like, I can't afford to fly first class so I don't but I'm still going to go to America but I'm doing it in my way so it's about making choices and you have to make choices unfortunately unless you've got a billion pounds in the bank and every single resources in the world to you which is probably not even one percent of that entire population all of us have got a budget that we have to stick to and a guideline we have to stick to and we have to sit down and, and write it down and work out what we can and we can't afford you know it's, we, we live in such a culture where we oh we just have it we just have it buy now pay later we just have it but the mindset on that I think does need to start changing you're saying it comes down to self-regulation you know if you can't afford it then you really have to be honest with yourself and Gemma I, I love your tip about you know incrementally cutting it down cutting down on the fags or introducing vaping so yeah it's really good practical advice I wanted to ask both of you if you could, in a couple of sentences, pass down one piece of advice to your children about money. Kerry, I, I know that you weren't ever taught about money, how to deal with money. See, like we'd go shoplifting when I was a kid and things like I mean, I had a really, really rough upbringing. And I do remember my eldest two girls at one point were doing was it private school and we had a couple of cars on the drive and I saw the attitudes change. I'm not like that, mate. I'm salt of the earth. I'm really humble. And there was at this school and, you know, my daddy has this and my daddy has that. So I was like, right, okay, come here, you little shits. All right, get in the car. I took him to a refuge and I took him to say, look, you know, not everyone is as fortunate as what you are. And I've done it with my 19-year-old as well now. She was working for me, but then I sacked her. <laughs> I made her go get a job somewhere else so she can understand. And she's really good at it. She's working with the NHS. She's, you know, working with young adults with disabilities. You know, she's doing a great job. But I think it's really important that teaching children not to rely on anybody else for money. But I think that's because that's come from me. And as much as I am fortunate enough, I can spoil my children, they're very, very humble. 
but always make sure that they know the value of money and that anything can change in a day as well. You know, just be wise and don't marry drug dealers. Um, (laughs) And be independent. Don't rely on anybody else for your own happiness. And money isn't happiness. It gives you options, I think. Gives you more options, but it isn't the be all and end all of everything. It really, really isn't. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And Gemma, what would you say to your children? I know they're still quite young, yours, but, you know, as they grow up, what would be the message for them about money and debt? I try and teach them now they can't have everything, even if like we're in Poundland. And of course they can have 10 things, you know, as a tenner. But I even now, like Brody's nine, Bronte's just turned three, and she'll be like, no, two dolly, three dolly. And I go, no, one, because mummy's only got enough for my, one money. She can be a madam. She's two and three. You know, she just turned three. So when I go into the stores now, that's what I'm sort of teaching them is like, no, you can have one of those. And I make sure that they understand money. And I remember a Brody said to me ages ago, we went over the park. He must have been about seven or eight. And he went, can I have an ice cream? The first day he was over there. I said, yeah, sure. Like, got him an ice cream. The next day we went to the park again. He went, can I have another ice cream? And I went, no, I bought you one yesterday. He went, oh, it's only two pound. And I went, is that not a lot of money then? He went, no, it's only two pounds. So I said, you must a lot of money then. So he's, I think he was eight. I think it was about a year and a half ago. He went, 10 pound. I said, right. So if I buy you an ice cream every single day of this school holidays for five days, that costs mummy 10 pound. He went, I said, that's why mummy can't afford it. So to him, 10 pounds seemed like a huge amount of money and two pounds didn't. So it's about sort of teaching them little life steps. You haven't got to ram money down their throats. And yes, I am in a fortunate situation where he could have an ice cream every single day. Does that mean I'm going to get him one? No, because he needs to understand the word no. And I do think that's absolutely fine to say to him, I'm afraid, no, you can't have that. And Brody even says to me, we can't have that because it's a lot of money. And I go, yeah, that's right, Brody. Even if it's a fiver and I, and I can afford it. I want him to appreciate that when he gets things. And when he gets things, do you know what he's like? He literally goes, oh, my goodness me. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so much. Like if someone gave him something, like if you now gave Brody a packet of sweets, he'd be like, oh, my God, can we go to Kerry's house again? She gave me a packet of sweets. Like he'd be so grateful for that. And I think that's lovely. Like nobody likes a spoiled child, actually. No one likes that. Manners cost absolutely nothing. They are completely and utterly free. Just getting them to stop and appreciate what they have. Thank you, both of you, for coming in and for being so honest. You know, it's not always an easy topic. It hits a lot of very, very personal issues, isn't it? Money and debt. And you've both been absolutely fantastic and really candid. And I know that our listeners will really enjoy hearing your take on their problems. Thanks, both of you. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you all. Thanks so much to you for listening. And, of course, to Gemma Bird and Kerry Katona for being such brilliant company and sharing their words of advice on money challenges. We've covered the significance of showering your children with love instead of money, discussed how to protect your financial well-being if your partner is an addict, and even questioned whether you should quit smoking if you can't afford the fags. If you're struggling with a problem and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. Just send your problems to deardeirdre at the-sun.co.uk. And remember... You can read Dear Deirdre every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash dear-deirdre or by picking up a copy of The Sun. Our advice page is packed full of support and extra resources which can help you with your own challenges. Before you go, don't forget to click follow so you never miss an episode. 
And if you have a spare moment, maybe you could give us a rating and leave us a review. This boost of appreciation all helps so that other people who are seeking advice can find us on their podcast app. I'll be back next week for another episode of Answering Your Dilemmas. But for now, I'm Sally Land and this has been Dear Deirdre. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 